Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello again, friends and family. Welcome back to Where I Stand, where this is your host, Ray Tucker. And Jay Jones. And we explain or explore, is probably a better word to use, we explore cultural issues from a Christian framework and a black perspective. Yes, and we see and talk about where we stand. Yeah. We're, we're back to that. <laughs> All right. You know, it's good to laugh every now and then, even though today it's it's it's, a, it's another serious topic. And uh, we just, we're continuing on in our On Sex series. And um, last week or last episode, we talked about uh, rape culture and how pervasive and disgusting it is in our nation. All right. Today, we're going to continue our conversation on sexual immorality, but we want to caution our viewers and listeners that this is an adult topic and not suitable for small children. We take a strong stance against violence, either physical or verbal, towards anyone struggling with sexual immorality, and there is no biblical mandate that encourages violence towards anybody. Mm -hmm. We definitely want to make that clear, right? And we're going to talk about rape survivors in this episode. So we're going to talk about restoration, eight little known facts about rape survivors, and we're going to talk about resources. So restoration. Galatians 6, 1 through 2. You want to take this one? Yeah, I got it. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. Mm-hmm. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. Amen. In the beginning, I stumbled because I had a different version in my head. Oh wow! <laughs> Wait, NLT. <laughs> it's not ESV. Oh wow! <laughs> but here's the thing, though: you can't restore something if you don't know what is broken. Right. We want to dive into some of the nuances and dispel some myths surrounding rape culture, rape survivors, so that as a church, we might be more equipped to restore individuals to wholeness. Again, to go back to Ephesians 4, what we read in the last episode, that we believe we are teachers, and as such, we are to equip God's people to be able to rightly discern the spirit of truth, right? Mm -hmm. Right, right. Deserve the word. Deserve the word of truth. That is, right. One of the, one of the things that um is necessary, but sometimes we need to go a step further. Is it is good to put sin in its proper category? Yes. So, for example, we may say, "Oh, that person is a racist." Ultimately, people say, "Well, that's not a that's not a biblical uh a biblical um 
concept that that's not what it is but it is a reality but the point i'm getting at is it would fit under partiality right yep so in the same way going the opposite direction yes rape is sexual immorality and we do learn about that in church but how many sermons have you heard where they specifically talked about the sin of rape mm. not many right this is not something that we uh normally hear about and and again, me and you were talking about yesterday how um, we need more um, uh, specified sin targeting whenever it comes to um, sermons or just anything in general, just being more uh, targeting that thing. Yes. Talking about it, you know. And not we, just elevating one over the other. Everything's always broad stroke. Do you we, know? we it, it, Church culture has a bad habit of talking about homosexuality and and then and um and drunkenness as if they're the only two sins right absolutely and so then it it when an individual again what we're talking about here has been raped and they're coming in and they're looking for um someone to have compassion on them and consider them and yeah they may get it from the brothers and sisters within the congregation but i never hear someone talk behind the pulpit about what i have going on Mm -hmm. it, so, so this is what we're going to do this is why we're here doing this show because we're here to do that we're not going to just lob accusations at well-meaning individuals right. who don't know no better right. right but we're here to fill in that gap right. so yeah. what we will say is that there is a very complex legal landscape that survivors have to navigate largely on their own mm -hmm. right so we're going to get into some of these so that's what some of these facts are talking about the legal landscape again if you don't know what's broken, you can't restore it. You right. can't fix it. So that's kind of the point of this episode is showing you how broken this system is, showing you how broken and, and how how tough it is to navigate this landscape. All right. So eight little known facts of rape survivors. And I might throw in some extras as we go. So but this is really just eight main points. And there's so many more. Really, be honest, it's not just eight, no. right? It's not just these eight. But as we go through, I might get inspired to share a little bit more. So we'll, we'll do that. Fact number one, and I mentioned this in the last episode on um, rape culture. Every 68 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted. And that comes from rain.org. And here's the thing, you know, at least, at least I didn't go into it, I probably should, but it didn't parse out whether it's a boy or a girl or male or female. It just said that every 68 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted. All right. Fact number two, 98% of rapists will never spend a day in jail. Again, I mentioned this in the last episode that bar for criminal adjudication is so high that 98% of rapists never spend a day in jail. Mm. All right. And some of that is also because they're settling out of court, you know, they're seeking non criminal punishment and stuff like that. And that's the Western, that's another reason why you'll never see, see, uh, never spend a day in jail. But, um, but by and large, you're not being held accountable. All right. So I just want to put that fact out there. Again, this is coming from rain.org if you're listening on a podcast. Mm -hmm. Now, facts three through eight are pulled from the Georgetown Journal of Gender and Law, volume 21, um, 367 Rape 
and sexual assault. And again, this, this, this uh, and again, this um, link will be provided in the description as well for listening on a podcast. But what's fact number three, Jay? Many survivors choose not to undergo an exam. That's crazy, right? It, and you think you want, and there's a myriad of reasons why. Right. But a 2018 study, a 2018 study found that 64 percent of patients. And sexual assault cases who were eligible for an exam completed one. Mm -hmm. So, out of a hundred people, out of a hundred percent of people who was eligible for an exam, only sixty-four percent of people completed one. Mm -hmm. All right, and so so you have to keep in mind that there's a dozens of other people who were not eligible to complete an exam. Mm -hmm. Right, so these numbers are already skewed off the bat. Right, right. And there's multiple reasons why people or why women aren't eligible for an exam. Number one, so when someone goes to get a rape kit done, let me go back over here. When someone goes to get a rape kit done, first of all, it takes hours to do it. People think that, especially men, you know, I mean, I've, I've, I will admit, I've had an oversimplified idea of what happens in a rape kit mm-hmm. when a rape kit is performed, mm-hmm. right? I'm thinking, okay, cool, he's just peeing a cup. No, it's not that simple, mm-hmm. right? It takes hours for this to happen. You can't go to the bathroom because they need that sample. They need that urine sample, mm-hmm. right? So you can't go to the bathroom. You got to hold it for hours, potentially. You can't shower. So all that, that that's really the first instinct that you want to do. You want to take a shower and wash that filthiness off. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes that disqualifies you and makes you, makes you ineligible to get a rape kit done. All right. And some people, although they mean well, encourage survivors to take a shower right after something happens like that. Oh, it's okay. It's going to be okay. We'll take a shower. No, you can't take that shower if you want a rape kit done. Mm-hmm. That'll make you ineligible. All right. Um. Yeah, so those are just some of the facts on top of that, mm-hmm. on top of why some people can't even be eligible to get a rape kit done. But of the 100% of people who are eligible, only 64% of those patients in sexual assault cases complete a sex kit, a sex rape kit, that is. Um, And then... So there's another part, right? So you go get the rape kit done, right? But you still have the authority to release that rape kit to the police. You don't have, it's not automatic. Just because you get a rape kit done doesn't mean it automatically goes to the police and then automatically goes to to investigation. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen like that. You still have, that is still your evidence and you can, you still have the control to tell them not to use it. Or whatever the case may be, and sometimes people choose to not let not submit it to the police because of coercion, you know, out of fear that the perpetrator is still going to do do greater harm to them. Mm-hmm. And another thing is, I, I never thought about it until I watched the documentary "I Am Evidence." Mm-hmm. Is one of the things they point out in this process of a of a crime scene is that. They are a walking crime scene. They are the evidence. And if you ever, I mean, we have decades of crime shows now, right? And you see how people treat a crime scene. People just come and go and are very callous about things, right? Imagine that to a living human being, you know, 
Like like we've seen shows like where someone is dead and a dead body and people just sitting there drinking coffee or whatever, talking about a dead body or whatever and all kind of just ca- casual kind of way. Same thing happens to rape survivors when they're having a, a rape kit performed on them. Mm. It's very casual. It's very routine. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, here's another one. Go in. Here's a swab, you know, and stuff like that. And go over here. Do this. Mm-hmm. Turn this way. Lift up this. La da da da, and the list goes on. I'm traumatized, and I'm being treated like a routine, like an animal. Mm-hmm. Right, and we as Christians need to do better at understanding the trauma that goes on, so then we don't turn around and re-traumatize the victim right. and ask them silly questions like, "Where were you? What were you doing?" All right. So. Again, so fewer than 30% of those people who submit, who are eligible for a rape kit, fewer than 30% of them actually release the evidence to the police. Fewer than 30%. And I'm not a math guy, but if my math is correct, that's roughly 18% of survivors actually release their police. Or 18% of survivors who are eligible for a rape kit submitted to the police. Mm-hmm. So there's a un like I said, there's an unknown number of people who are not even eligible for rape kit. Sixty four percent of those who are eligible actually take the rape kit. Of that sixty four percent, only thir- less than thirty percent actually submit it yep. to the police. Right. So we're gonna get into another another um stat later about how many rape kits are out there. Right. Right. And so I'm just trying to paint it's the picture. It's I'm just trying to paint the picture of whatever we number we throw out. Try to probably gonna have to triple it mm-hmm. to get even close to accurate, right? So next fact, it's right here, yeah, exactly. One hundred and forty-five thousand untested rape kits have been identified across the country. Have been identified. Then identify. Let's wow. go back to what I was saying. Sixty-four mm-hmm. percent of um of victims who are eligible of a rape kit even take one. Mm-hmm. Right? Of that sixty-four percent, less than thirty percent submitted to the, the um submitted to the police. The police then have to turn around and submit it to the crime lab for processing, right? So these things that are untested, they're in that process coming from the police station to the crime lab for further investigation and processing, right? So you're talking again, less than 30% of victims who are eligible for a rape kit submitted to the crime lab. Right. So this number here represents a very tiny slither. I can't even, we can't even do the math on it because there are victims who are ineligible to even submit a rape kit because they may have taken a shower wow. or changed their clothes, wow. all right, which makes them ineligible because the, the crime scene has been altered. Just lost evidence. And when you're traumatized, you're not thinking of, oh, wait, I'm a crime scene. I can't alter the crime scene. Exactly. You're not thinking about that. No. Like, no, you're thinking about, you know, all sorts of things, but one of which might be I want to take a shower. I want to get the filthiness off me. I want to change my clothes. But then that makes you ineligible for rape kit. This this has time limits, time statutes too. 
this this study that we have done has really educated me on like the horror of rape yes i always wonder i'm like why are people not being convicted i mean this person literally raped this individual why are we not catching another thing i didn't think about is she's been traumatized they asking her do you know what the person looks like i don't even i zoned out of the whole thing my body went in the oh you're right there face to face very intimate like how do you not know what's going on as if it's a hollywood sex scene it's not it could have been in the nighttime even in the daytime my body i mean we can easily uh go in the shot be zoned out whatever it may be and not remember then also you went and you took a shower so you 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 washed away the evidence time has passed they already are how do we know you're not making it up guilty until proven uh innocent mm -hmm. very backwards and there's a such thing as temporary um paralysis mm -hmm. right so there's plenty of women out there that when this happens you know when they're recounting their story they're talking about how they just seized up and, and tensed up and we're sitting here like well what do you mean you know you didn't try to fight you didn't you don't know what they look like well what do you mean it's like i, I don't know I, and they, they can't explain it what happened because their body is going into survival mode mm -hmm. and what happens is they have shock induced paralysis Right, and it, the the body does this as a means to help preserve itself, so you get through that traumatic experience and come through on the other side with your life intact. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is when they try to explain what happened, you know, there's gaps in their memory, mm -hmm. and you want and you want and no one knows why, but that's why because of your body going into 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 uh, shock mode, mm -hmm. right, or into paralysis mode, you know. Wow. So one thing we'll note is that there's no uniform definition of a backlog. The National Institute of Justice, for example, defines backlogged as those cases that remain untested for more than 30 days after being submitted to a crime lab, excuse me, crime laboratory, but acknowledges that this definition excludes additional cases in which the evidence have not been submitted to a laboratory by law enforcement. So 18% of unsolved alleged sexual assaults that occur occurred between 2002 to 2007 contain forensic evidence that was still in police custody and have not been submitted to a crime lab for analysis. All right. So it's, it's pervasive, you know, again, go watch that documentary. I am evidence and it'll open your eyes to, how much is going out there and, and and that we need funding to these police departments to actually test these rape kits right so again we're going to get into you know black Lives matter arguments and defund the police and what that means and what a better argument will mean but you know just moving forward we just don't want you to get the idea that oh we believe that we should just defund the police departments and stuff like that we're going to get into that. Yes, we got an opinion. We're going to talk about that later. But please wait for our opinion and not assume that we stand on a certain side or think certain things. Wait until we get there because you may be surprised on where we stand. And what yeah, you think. keep rocking with us. You know, one thing for sure, we're always going to stand with Jesus. Exactly. You know, that, that that's that's unmovable right here. Right. But, you don't, know, don't confuse that with people who have claimed to stand on Jesus and have uh, had a lack of compassion. Mm -hmm. We're not those guys. We're not trying to be those guys. No.
you know, maybe we have had a lack of compassion in the yeah, past absolutely. due to ignorance. Yes. But, you know, as we mentioned in our trailer, we're going to try to remove ignorance yeah. wherever possible. And this is clearly an area where, as men, we are ignorant. Absolutely. And it takes us, it takes a willing spirit to go forward and remove ignorance. Mm. Right. And it's only because we've been transformed by the Holy Spirit, Absolutely. not of ourselves. No. You know, by ourselves, we would still be by ourselves mm-hmm. and and remain an object and 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 object, not emotion remains not emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, and the object that rests remains in rest. Is probably the better way to say it. Mm-hmm. You know. Anyways, fact number five. Want to catch that one? Yes, sir. Confidentiality and privacy concerns partially explain the high number of unreported sexual assault crimes yeah so what happens is privacy is often very important to rape survivors Mm -hmm. not only because rape may be stigmatizing but also because survivors may wish to avoid retaliation by the perpetrator if the rape becomes public some commentators have argued that putting a survivor's name in a news story aids in decreasing the stigma of rape (laughs) in that it puts a face to the name however most advocates agree that social change should not be happening by outing the survivors through media which Uh, is good uh, (laughs) go ahead (laughs) we're the same mom but um i was having a conversation with the um young lady and she was kind of detailing she didn't get raped, but um, it definitely was a sexual assault that uh, was attempted to. T- well, it did happen. It was an assault. He didn't. He wasn't able to complete what he was trying to do, but um, she was able to get away from the situation. But um, I asked her a couple of questions. Um, why not come forward? One of the first things she said, I didn't think anyone would believe me. Mm. Number two. That. I, I I knew people would blame me. What were you wearing? Why were you there? Why were you alone with this guy? Mm-hmm. She's like, hey, we were just friends. And I believe her. We were just friends and we were going out. But the the, the assumption of people would be, mm-hmm, just friends going out. Why were you even in a position to be able to be alone and be raped? You know? That that's the lies we get sold through culture. Oh, you can have friends. You can you can do all this stuff. But then when something bad's happened, oh, what did you do? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's your fault. Exactly. But I'm like, but through music, through movies, I mean, there's a commercial right now. I forget what food it is, but there's a commercial right now with um the Ariana 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 Grande song about if you want it, come and get it. All right. So so it's baked into the culture. We sing these songs and think that we can scoop fire into a lap and not get burned, right? And then when we when we look at these kids who again don't even have a full functioning prefrontal cortex, you know, and we look at them and say, "Oh, why did you make the decision?" Because they couldn't help it; they don't know better. They don't have the ability. They don't have the physical ability to do better. So now she has to deal with the trauma, and I'm one of the few that uh, she uh, has told about the situation. I know another young lady that was raped and. Again, I'm one of the few that she told her family doesn't even know that it happened. And it's for some of the same reasons. And so it, it, it's real out here. 
I think in a church community, like we mentioned before about forgiveness and repentance, mm -hmm. but at the same time, we need to be vigilant. Mm -hmm. If the if we know somebody who is coming to church and they're clearly unrepentant, if they're doing stuff like this and they're in the church and in our church group, we need to really oust them mm -hmm. and be vigilant and not allow and not continue to allow foxes to guard a hen house mm. all right on a, on a on a on another note with the being vigilant paying attention to people they have their head down they look distressed you know going and checking on them. fidgety fidgety and it could be fidgety from a demonic standpoint or it could be fidgety from a hurt standpoint mm -hmm. and um we just I, i've seen i've seen some people do a good job of that i saw um one of the um one of the men at our church that um, had uh, spotted a, a young man who was really going through a lot at home and he just could tell by his uh, countenance and he checked on him in pride and found out some things that were going on. But if we just fast pace and we just Wait, you checked on him in pride or no, 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 no. He like he pride. Well, oh, OK. OK. Yeah. yeah I, that's what you mean. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought you said pride as in like a pride. No, 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 I'm no, like, no, 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 no. I said pride. Okay. Pride. Like, like pride the door open. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you know, he kept on pushing, got more information and found out, you know. But if we fast paced and we just get trying to get in and out or going around, not really considering people. That's what I love about the text when it says that if you are offering your gift and then realize you have offended your brother, mm -hmm. that means that you actually had to realize you offended your brother. Yeah. Meaning that you are paying attention. Yeah. You, 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 you realize that this person is offended. I love that text because it, 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 it puts it on you to be paying attention. Yes. You know, and a lot of times we don't know we offended people. Mm hmm. So we're just going about our day dee, 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 and just, you know, burn you, burn you, burn you and not even paying attention to what's going on, mm -hmm. you know. So then move on from that. The sixth point talking about the military. So the Uniform Code of Military Justice, Article 32, allows a person accused of rape to cross-examine a survivor. So unlike a, cri a civilian criminal case where cross-examination is not allowed before a trial, one of the greatest obstacles for military sexual assault survivors who pursue justice in the military is overcoming article 32 the purpose of the article is to avoid trials on unfounded accusations i mean and it happens i mean unfounded accusations do happen and often they actually happen at a higher rate in the military go figure um an article 32 hearing there, it will in that article 32 hearing there is no judge and the rules of evidence do not apply instead an impartial investigation officer must determine if there is probable cause that a crime was committed wow so you could be you can be raped be victim of, of sexual assault right and this other lawyer now has the opportunity to ask the same silly questions. Where were you? What were you doing? You know, basically, is it your fault? Without, without even a real judge being present. Which is which? Which opens the door? Like the system is set up and rigged to allow sexual abuse to happen in the military. Man, it, we need reform. 
Yes. You know, and and there are movements to make that happen. Um, oh man, I meant to, meant to look this up, but I know I know I'm going to hit up in the comments. But um, matter of fact, dude, hit us up in the comments. I know I know there is a um, there's something that's happened recently, not too long ago, a few months ago, where movement in the right direction is actually happening. Where I believe it's like independent, um, independent investigations are happening to hold military accountable. All right. I think it's only the army to be to be to be honest. Um not even all five branches, but it's a start. It needs to to catch up real fast. And yes. we, and I know you know better. We talked about we throw around the word reform so much and um you can go look up the definition for yourself, but my question is how do you reform something that was never right in the first place? Mm-mm. <laughs> You can't reform like rotten fruit. And so <laughs> I, I just want y'all out there, the audience to think about a lot of the things that you say we need to reform and then go back and look at the history of how it started and what was the basis on it starting. And then think and look up the definition of what the word reform means. Yep. And ask yourself, can we reform that? Nope. Mm-mm. I'm gonna leave that up. So, some some things can't just be reformed; they just need to be cut they off. Need to be torn. I I I love the um, I love the you know. I'm not gonna even go there. We'll talk about it. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna get into it. We're gonna yeah. get pulled on that rabbit hole right now. Like, I was about to oh. Go. oh man! And where are these clouds coming from? Make it, making us look all dark and whatnot. It's it's it's. <laughs> You know, you got, we got some uh, natural light going on here, and that's is the problem of natural light, but whatever. Right. Moving on, not going to be distracted. So, fact number seven. Want to take this one? Yes. Studies estimate that between 17,000 and 32,000 rape-induced pregnancies occur in the United States every year. Now, that is a stat that should never happen. Yeah. You know, but we don't consider the repercussions and the the fallout of rape right. you know in in, this, in a certain circumstance you know now i will say that we are pro-life we are pro-birth you know we are against abortion you know but at the same time when the the conversation is had or i should say when the the conversation is you know pushed forward in such a manner that we tend to overlook the help that is needed on the other side of a, of, mm-hmm. of of pregnancy mm-hmm. and carrying the term mm-hmm. right so despite the socially constructed narrative that the pregnant despite the socially constructed narrative of the pregnant raped woman prototype in which a rape induced pregnancy is seen as a as a continuation of the rape the rape victims and rape victims are thus expected to demise and terminate the fetus, approximately 50% to 73% of rape-induced pregnancies are carried to term, and somewhere between 32% to 64% of rape survivors choose to keep and raise their children on their own and not give it up for adoption. However, in some jurisdictions, an abuse of legal protections for rape survivors may leave a woman who chooses to keep a rape-induced pregnancy tethered to a man who raped her. All right, so let's go ahead and get to the next fact because I'm going to touch more on that. 
rapist factor eight rapists may have parental rights in most states currently only six states oops yeah currently only six states have statutes allowing rape survivors to petition for the termination of parental rights of the rapist based on clear and convincing evidence that the child was conceived through rape now we already told you about number one there's a high legal bar to even get someone convicted at a criminal at a criminal level of rape and then the next thing on top of that it's difficult for women to even come forward from a, a social standpoint from a legal standpoint um from a forensic standpoint, because some of the things they may do may may make them ineligible to get a rape kit done, right? So, so that's another hurdle, right there. And then, you know, okay, so they they get abused. Now they're pregnant. The church tells them they can't commit abortion. They can't have an abortion. I mean, yes, no, they shouldn't shouldn't victimize a child. And there are actually stories of people um, keeping their children born through um, rape. Look up Valerie Gatto for, for starters, Miss Pennsylvania. I want to say 2016, I think, Miss Pennsylvania, 2013. But anyways, look up Valerie Gatto um, amongst other people. Um, but anyways, so you have all these hurdles, right? But then on the backside, after they carried the term, the church then wants to ostracize them. Oh, you had baby out of wedlock. Can't win. Can't win. You know. Oh, I, I obviously my I don't have a husband to protect me, take care of me, to raise a child. I have no financial support. I need social. I need social. Um, I need, I need some sort of um food stamps and 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 social programs to help raise this child. But oh. On the economic side of the right-wing argument, there is, oh, we don't want to have all these social programs. It's easy to say that when you're living better. Yeah. You know, so, oh, we don't want people on a welfare state. We don't want to have a nanny state. But at the same time, these women are being told to have these babies and not have an abortion. Again, I'm not advocating for abortion, right. but what I am highlighting is, is there's no silver bullets. It's complicated. Yes, perspective is uh perspective is king as well <laughs> yes and and we i've had these conversations with many of people about the abortion i'm not going to get into i know where i stand as far as i'm against it but i'm not going to get into where i stand when we talk about situations but the situation is easy for a person on the other end to say well no you need to keep the life no abortion or then they come back around and say well oh you you got pregnant out of wedlock. Where's your husband? Just that in the third. Combat compassion wins every time. Compassion wins. Compassion wins every time. time. Or why are you living on those uh those uh social programs and stuff like that? You fall on hard times and don't have nothing to see if you're gonna have that same mentality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, another thing is a rapist pursuing parental parental or custody rights causes the survivor to have continued interaction with the rapist, which can then have traumatic psychological or physiological effects on a survivor and it can make it more difficult for her to recover. These traumatic if these traumatic effects on the mother can severely severely and negatively impact her ability to raise a healthy child. And oh here's the real kicker right here. 
Rapists may use the threat of pursuing custody or parental rights to coerce survivors into not prosecuting rape or otherwise harass, intimidate, or manipulate them. And then we sit here comfortably, two men unraped, and want to be like, oh, well, why don't you come forward? Mm. It's like, yeah, because you don't see the knife being held to my child's throat. Mm. You know, or the fact that this guy is trying to to use my pregnancy as a way to to stay in my life oh you're mine now mm. it's insidious yeah. it really is yeah, and it's double it's doubly hurtful when it comes from the church because we don't have perspective on these issues mm-hmm. we're not taught these things mm-hmm. you know at the time of this recording you know i've been saved 10 years now never heard this from the church I had to go out and seek it on my own, Mm -hmm. you know, because the spirit of God put it in me. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, 10 years ago, I would not be seeking out this information. I'll be sitting in the same spot, you know, spewing death and hatred at my mouth, Mm -hmm. you know, and never really having any real perspective, never growing in life, period, you know. But you so too. Mm hmm. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, so now that we know the facts, let us be diligent and helping to restore the victims in the spirit of kindness and humility. You know, let's get involved in the fight. Put some skin in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, let's go out and find the people who are hurt and help recover them. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've hurt somebody by asking the silly question, though, where were you? What were you doing? First of all, repent. And go seek forgiveness from from that victim. Go apologize and say, "Wow, I was I was I had the wrong thinking. You know, I didn't realize this is what all you have to go through. Or I didn't realize some of the thoughts that might going on in your mind as to why you didn't come forward. I I get it now. All right, let's go restore people. You know, so that your prayers don't get hindered. Absolutely. All right. You have to be there. That's again, we're called to bear one another's burdens. Yes. Are we actively seeking that out too? Or are we waiting for people to come to us with their burden? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean again, we wanna leave off with some um resources. So if you have been affected by sexual assault, you are not alone. At Rain, that is R A I N N provides free confidential support at online.rain.org. And again, um they also provide support for the entire family and loved ones that's been affected as well because it doesn't when you're assaulted the whole family and even community is insult is assaulted mm-hmm. um you can call this number toll-free number at 800-656-HOPE and again online at rain.org but that's our program for today folks we thank you for rocking with us um Again, this was a very heavy topic, and we got some more heavy topics coming up. Um, and we're going to lighten it up in the future and talk about some more light stuff. Mm-hmm. But but for now, so you can see us smiling some more. Right. But um, but for now, we feel it's our duty to talk about these issues. Because, again, we're not taught these things, you know. And you can't have compassion on things you don't know about. You can't restore 
things that you don't know is broken uh-huh. all right so we have to talk about these things and we have to talk about it in this kind of context right absolutely i'd encourage you guys to just do more research in general just uh educate yourself um it's it's been a privilege to um learn these new things and it it's just made me a more compassionate believer and that's the way that it should be we really have to consider before we open our mouths to say something about a certain thing that we have educated ourselves and that we have erred on the side of compassion for people yes christ had compassion for people the pharisees did not have compassion for people we don't want to be like that we want to be like christ as we checked out a couple of episodes ago when he the woman was caught in adultery he said go and sin no more where are your accusers okay i do not accuse you i mean and when you look at the numbers right we have children mm-hmm. statistically speaking these type of incidences could happen to our own children mm-hmm. so when we look at our own children and be like well, what were you doing mm-hmm. you know like why didn't you listen why did you go this way why did you do that right and then just basically pour hot coals on them when when they're the victim right absolutely we wouldn't do it to our children and as believers we are god's children yes he's gonna deal with us in that same model Mm. so we should deal with one another and yes yes you know you're like oh you're a thief so what were you doing why were you doing i mean this goes on right right And, and 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 the end of the story, end of the day, there is hope in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He is faithful and able to save. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what you're going through, you know, we want to make sure we always end on that note because yes. you know that, that is true. That's where we're coming from. And um, again, if you're if you like what you're hearing, continue to keep rocking with us. Hit that like, hit the subscribe, join our Patreon community where we pray for you, we pray with you, we pray um, through your circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, you help, you can help us mold future episodes. Um, join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Join us wherever you got your you get your podcast from. But um, that's really it, you know. All right. You hope you enjoy the show. Have a good again. It's your host Ray Tucker. Yeah, again, it's your host Ray Tucker. That's right. And uh, see you later, people.